I get this question a lot is like, well, then how do you then post it from Instagram to Facebook and Instagram to Twitter? Or in, and I'm like, but you shouldn't be doing that <laughs> because mm-hmm. those platforms all need a different type of content for them to say, this is good. We're going to show it to more people. So if we're constantly just repurposing, we're just kind of, we're forcing a square peg into a circle hole, right? <laughs> so it's like, it doesn't ever work. We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I am joined today by Jessica Stansberry. Jessica is a longtime friend of mine, and she is the owner, the founder of Hey Jessica LLC, and she is also the host of Hey Jessica Radio podcast, and a YouTuber and a blogger, basically a powerhouse content creator. So I'm super excited to have her on the show today and to be sharing some tips with us and showing us the like inside, behind the scenes of her social media strategy. So hey there, Jessica, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, absolutely. So just to start out, could you tell everyone a little bit about your business and what you do? Yes, of course. So essentially, like you say, I'm a content creator and I like to say that I run and own a media company, a media and information company, essentially. So I teach all the things. And I teach that with free content on YouTube, on my podcast, and also through courses. So I kind of went from being a web designer and teaching people how to do like techie things into really teaching marketing and video and content marketing strategies. So that's kind of where I've landed thus far. And that's what I do now anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And tell us a little bit about like your current revenue model. Like how does your (laughs) business make money? My, the biggest, um, you know, income generator for my business is through courses. So I sell courses on, you know, things like how to grow on YouTube. I also have a course for selling through Instagram and some other like mini courses that I have bundled up in some like SLO offers, you know. Um, But essentially it's mostly courses, but as well as affiliates, just like I know that you probably make quite a bit of income from as well as YouTube and sponsors on YouTube as and my podcast and things like that. So it's convoluted, but the main stream is um, through my courses. Thanks so much for explaining that. And so what I really want to dive in today is like, how do you use social media as the marketing engine to make those course sales, especially? So can you start by telling us just a little bit about like your overarching social media strategy? Like what different platforms are you on and what kind of content do you publish on each of those platforms? I'm a big believer in only having one social st- or social platform that we're really focused on. Mm-hmm. And so my current focus is on Instagram. So right now my main strategy is on Instagram. I have Facebook, but my team manages that. I don't really do anything with my Facebook. Um, and Facebook used to be a big strategy for me, but now it's Instagram. So for the most part, my Instagram is kind of the nurture piece. It's the piece where people 
Yes, they could find me on Instagram, but most of the time they find me on YouTube or my podcast or whatever. And then they come into Instagram and that's where we really further the relationship. And then from there, I either send them to my podcast, to my email newsletter, or to, you know, actually purchase something. And it kind Mm -hmm. of all, it all works in like a cyclical effect. So for me, Instagram is again, the nurturing piece, but sometimes I need them to go to the podcast to get nurtured even more, right? Because I feel like the podcast for me is more of a bottom of the funnel step. And I think a lot of times people's podcasts are the top of the funnel. And so I've structured mine to be the bottom of the funnel. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I need to send them there and that's what they need to hear to be able to purchase from me. But Instagram is a nice little like holding ground for people who find me other places to really get to know me as a human and as like the behind the scenes person and not like so like structured and, you know, here's what I'm doing on YouTube kind of thing. And then from there, we send them to the sales. So just like hitting pause for a second to explain to anyone who isn't quite sure what you meant by that. Uh, your podcast could be at the top of your funnel, but Mm -hmm. is at the bottom of your funnel. Explain what you meant by that. Yeah. So a lot of times people will have a podcast and they consider that their content creation platform. Like this is how I am creating content. This is how people are going to find me. So they're going to search on Google and maybe find the blog post that accompanies my um, podcast episode, or they're going to search on, you know, Apple and find like this podcast episode, right? And they think of it as like, this is the way people are gonna find me. I don't think of it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine is very much so, they're gonna find me somewhere else. They're gonna find me on YouTube, they're gonna find me on social media, they're gonna find me whatever. But my podcast is a great place for them to actually like, further their trust in me there it's going to further the fact that I know what I'm talking about because I go really in depth in the podcast and they're all solo episodes so mm-hmm. it's very much so not where I expect people to find me yes people do find me through my podcast but that's not where I expect them to find me and then when they find me there they we're at the bottom of the funnel so we we fast track through the process a little bit more yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's always so interesting talking to you because we do things so similarly. So I have exactly the same theory about my podcast. And from the beginning, I was like, podcasts just don't have the discoverability. So I don't think they're no. going to be a good like visibility uh, strategy, really. And so I want to use them at the bottom of my funnel. And I use Instagram in the same way as using it as like kind of this nurture place. So yeah, so interesting. Talk to me about how YouTube fits into all of that, because you said Instagram is your main social media platform. And you didn't even hardly mention YouTube. Are you not considering YouTube to be social media? Nope. I don't consider YouTube to be social media because it's really the content platform for Mm -hmm. me, right? It's the SEO. It's the content. It is the place where I am creating content. YouTube for me is a search engine. YouTube Mm -hmm. is a search engine with a social element. Yes, people can comment. Yes, people can share and things like they could on other social platforms. That's not the point. You know, the point is to give them videos that they want to see that are going to help them. And so that is a content creation platform for me. And then I get them to my social platform and then I get them to my podcast and then I make a sale. So, yeah, it sits at the top. YouTube is the top of my funnel. Yeah. So it's like your it's your traffic generation mostly. Yep. And then you have a couple other SEO search engine optimized type content, like your blog, for example, Mm -hmm. right? That's also at the top of your funnel, bringing people down. Mm -hmm. Okay. It is. Yeah. So um, both, I would say mostly it's YouTube. Most of the time people find me on YouTube and then send, you know, 
come in that way, but we have accompanying blog posts with every podcast episode and every YouTube video. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of times when they'll find my blog post first because it ranked high in Google and then they come in through the site and then go to YouTube and then go here and who knows where they go after that. But yes, both of those are kind of high ranking content creation, search driven you know, traffic sources for me. Yeah. Talk to me about your content creation process for these YouTube videos or podcasts that go with a blog post. Do you write the blog post? Do you write it first and then make the video or the other way around? What does that look like? Yeah. So for me personally, I would much rather sit down and talk to a camera than I would to sit down and write something out and then either have to read that or have to summarize that on video. I feel like I'm just much more natural at like talking to people. And so I sit down and I film the videos. I do the podcast episodes. I have bullet points. I have notes that I want to hit on, but they're not like entirely scripted. Mm -hmm. Then my team will, Laura specifically, my assistant, she will take those pieces of content and she will articulate them into the written like blog post. And, you know, before I had a full-time person doing something like that, I had contractors who would, you know, I would send them the video. You could also have someone, um, you know, like a service do transcription that you could easily comb back through and make into a blog post. So for me, I do the actual video or audio content first, then I turn it into the written blog post. Cool. Okay. So since we wanted to focus more on your social media strategy today, let's talk about Instagram since that is Mm -hmm. your main platform. So since we were just kind of talking about content repurposing though, and how you're using that piece of content in multiple ways, do you have a content repurposing strategy for Instagram? So like you're focused on Instagram, but are you also trying to share your Instagram on your newsletter or Twitter or anywhere else? Um, not really. Sometimes on my newsletter, yes, because I will say, hey, I talked even more in depth about this thing that I'm telling you about on Instagram and I can like link them over and we can go from there. But for the most part on Instagram, if it's created for Instagram, I keep it on Instagram. Now there's been a few times where I have like taken a reel that I have done and tried to turn it into a TikTok. And I had one go viral, which was hysterical because it's like, what in the world is this even happening? And then but for the most part, they don't even work. So for me, it doesn't work for me to take reels and turn them into TikToks. I don't feel like my audience is necessarily there. So I just leave everything that's created for Instagram on Instagram. Now, that doesn't mean, though, that I don't take topics and yes. cross platform, you know, so like, oh, I talked about this thing on Instagram or on an Instagram reel and it did really well well, now I'm going to turn it into a newsletter and expand on it even more, or I'm going to even turn it into a podcast episode and expand on it even more and vice versa. So yes and no, I guess is the answer to that. Oh, I completely agree. Like almost any idea you can repurpose on another platform, Mm -hmm. but to repurpose the actual content, people are always trying to force it to work. And it seems much more hit than or miss than hit rather for like, sure more often than not it does not work even though it would be so nice if it did right but right. <laughs> just the reality of it is it generally doesn't right I know and I get this question a lot is like well then how do you then post it from Instagram to Facebook and Instagram to Twitter or in- and I'm like but you shouldn't be doing that <laughs> because mm-hmm. those platforms all need a different type of content for them to say 
this is good. We're going to show it to more people. So if we're constantly just repurposing, you're right. Like we're just kind of, we're forcing a wooden, a square peg into a circle hole, right? (laughs) So it's like, it doesn't ever work. So tell me a little bit about your Instagram strategy. How, how frequently are you posting? And one thing I'm really curious about is how do you decide on the topics and like how often are you planning the topics and creating that content? So I am posting, I have gone through spells. So like in February, I posted every day. Um, and that is because I was testing that out. Like, you know, I, I'm going to post a reel every day. Well, I posted a reel 26 days and then two days I posted actual post. But that was because I wanted to see, does that reel like help my actual posts get more engagement or get more reach. Mm-hmm. And, but for the most part, I post between two and three times a week. Um, and right now, most of those are reels. Most of those are reels because that's what's growing Instagram accounts. And that is something I found out in my, you know, month of research is like, this is what's working. You know, this is what's working and we need to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So for me, posts and reels both serve the same purpose. So my posts and my reels are both acting as like a magnet. They're what's attracting people to me, right? But they have different types of content. So my posts are generally going to be like uplifting, motivational, like almost like a strategic lesson in an Instagram post, mm-hmm. right? Whereas my reels are going to just cause people to go, oh, she gets me. She understands where I'm coming from. And then they're going to want to follow me. Then they can learn about all the other things that I post about, or they can, you know, watch my stories or whatever. But that's like two different strategies for the same purpose. So my reels are less about teaching, less about strategic content, and more about people being able to go, oh my gosh, yes. Or she feels me or she gets me because that's what causes them to share the reels. And then that's also what causes Instagram to go, oh, this is a good reel. We're going to share it to more people. So it's kind of, you know, the same strategy to get people in, but different strategies in the way I do that. Mm -hmm. And then um, obviously with Instagram stories, that's where I like nurture them. That's where they actually get to know me as a human. Um, So they come in through the posts and reels and then stories are actually like getting to know me, getting to trust me. That's where I show off even more of my expertise. So like I'll show tutorials or whatever and, or go on tangents. I like to go on Instagram rants, um, (laughs) which is always fun. So like things like that are what's going on stories. And so I always think of it as the posts and the reels are really what's getting people there. They're the magnet. They're what's going to get people to follow me. And then stories are what's going to get them to stay and get them to be a a paying customer or buy something from me later. Mm -hmm. And so you found that reels worked better than posts for kind of that discoverability factor. Yeah. Right now, especially. Yeah. Instagram's pushing it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Whenever there's a new feature, right? Like that is the easiest way to get that visibility. Have you really tried comparing uh, reels to stories? Now, I understand that you're using them in two different ways, but I'm just curious if you noticed one or the other. It seems like you're really consistent on stories generally. So maybe Mm -hmm. you haven't like taken a break to be able to like tell a difference, but I've tended to be more inconsistent. Like I'll do stories for a while, a few months, and then I'll take Mm -hmm. a break for a while. And I also did a similar experiment where I posted a post on the feed every day for, I believe it was two weeks. And then I also did stories every day for two weeks. And Mm -hmm. when I did the posts every day for two weeks, I didn't find that my followers grew any more than if I didn't post at all. 
<laughs> which is interesting. But when I did stories every day, my followers started growing a lot faster. So instead of getting something like 100 followers a week just naturally, I got like 500 followers a week. Um, so what was the metric you were testing? Was it like new followers or was it new like Specifically, engagement? it was new followers. New okay. followers was the thing I noticed the most. Interesting. Yeah, no, I've never tested stories against reels by any means um, because I always I use them for different purposes. Mm -hmm. But as far as stories go, I mean, my theory, my theory <laughs> um, is that Instagram is going to show your content, like your feed posts, your reels, your IGTVs, anything that's public, right? Because stories are really only going to be shown to the people who already follow you but they're going to show your content more if you're doing stories. Mm, so mm -hmm. I wonder like in, in that case for you, I wonder if, you know, because you started storying more, if they then started showing some of your old content to people to cause them to come in. That's really interesting. No, I've never tested that. That's cool. Yeah, it's possible. Everyone, like I was talking about it on social media when I did, and everyone was kind of similarly puzzled to me. Why would this be happening? You know, why would stories have made my account grow so much more than posts? Um, and people had lots of theories. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't know for sure if any of those theories are right, except what I do know is stories help your account grow. So you should probably yes. do stories <laughs> if you want to grow your account, regardless of why it happened. Right. I feel like reels are going to beat anything right now, though, because mm -hmm. they're pushing them so hard. So it's like, you know, really with anything like that's kind of the strategy right now. It could change tomorrow. We all know who that is. Like they could be like, oh, never mind. We don't like reels anymore. We're going to go into something else. Yeah. Have you tried posting any of your reels onto YouTube shorts? So, yes. And it didn't do well at all. Yeah. However, I feel like you and I probably would have a similar opinion on this. I feel like our channels aren't set up for shorts. Yeah. And we're not in the position to make something go viral or have a takeoff from a short. Um, but like my husband, so my husband has a farm channel uh -huh. that he's like rarely active on. Yeah. And he, he goes and spells, you know, and I just let him do it because like whatever. But I took a reel that he did on Instagram and put it on his YouTube channel and it did super well as a short, Interesting. like super Interesting. well. Yeah. But no, not for me. I have tested it and then promptly within about a week pulled it down because I was yeah. like, this is not, this is not helping anything. And it's definitely not like, I don't want it to hurt. So exactly. Yeah, no, I do. I completely agree. Um, I think that especially right now with shorts being new to YouTube, they haven't like fully sorted out exactly how they work. And so right now, and what I mean by that specifically is that right now shorts are just mixed in with the regular videos aside from like the shorts shelf where you can browse them, but on a channel, they're mixed in with the regular videos, which just doesn't make that much sense because people are going to consume them very differently. Now I did see in YouTube's latest shorts report or short report, whatever they're calling shorts it. Report. Yeah, that's Either way, it's funny. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Um, but anyway, they were talking about how some channels now will have a short shelf on their their channel and oh. just as soon as that is like YouTube wide it seems like they could work a lot better on any channel but right now I completely agree people would watch our shorts for way different reasons than they would watch our regular videos and yeah. so it just isn't going to like make sense from a content strategy 
I've been really considering possibly like starting a second channel just to experiment with mm -hmm. shorts. I know a lot of people have yeah. done this, but um, I don't really want to spread myself thinner right now. I want to focus on what's working still. So, but I do right. think that there is a big opportunity there for a channel to start with shorts, even if they want to do longer form content later, get some initial traction with shorts and then switch to whatever content they really like want to do long term, which maybe is shorts, but maybe they want to make longer videos as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I was on a clubhouse room and someone in that room was talking about how she had grown in six months to 2 million followers on YouTube just that's from crazy. shorts. <laughs> that's that's so bananas. crazy. Yeah. So crazy. And, but no, I agree with you. I think, I think the like, the viewpoint of like how someone's going to interact with that content has to be different than what it is now. But also, they're not separating analytics. Mm -hmm. And this is something YouTube has flat out said they're doing. And it's like, why? If you know you're doing it, then why are you doing it? Like, I don't <laughs> understand. So basically, it could hurt our long form content if then the analytics are now like, oh, your average view duration is 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, why would we do that? It's a matter of like the way someone wants to view the content. And nobody's going to, the same person who wants to watch my one minute short isn't the same person who wants to watch a 10 minute video. So mm -hmm. I agree. And I, I've thought about starting a second channel too. I think I actually might experiment with my husband's farm channel and see if we could do like farm type shorts for him, you know, cause it'd be super easy to create and he can do it. <laughs> I don't have to. So, um, I might try that, but I'm, I'm on the same page as you with shorts for sure. Or you could start a second channel for shorts for you and just have your assistant post your reels on there and see what happens. You might experience something similar to what you saw on TikTok, which just was like that content that you were creating for Instagram didn't do very well on that platform. Right. And the other thing I worry about or I know would be a problem is that would be okay if it was like a voiceover. So like I posted a reel today with like Kim Kardashian's voice, <laughs> but... <laughs> the but like what if it's a song right like it's mm. not gonna youtube's gonna yell at you for posting these songs that like tiktok and instagram have the licensure for sure. and youtube doesn't so i feel like there's like this weird like we can't quite cross post everything but maybe <laughs> i mean yeah. maybe i don't know it's very weird i haven't tr i've never posted on tiktok before how does that crossover work with the songs specifically does it does it cause a problem on either platform if you're posting a reel to tiktok or a tiktok to reels it doesn't and i think it's easier to go from tiktok to reels um because with a tiktok you can you can like download your tiktok and mm -hmm. you can even now like easily screen record it so the little TikTok bubble is not on there yeah um, which Instagram said they don't like so like you know whatever <laughs> um but you can do that a little easier if you download an Instagram reel it won't download the audio unless it's your original audio mm. so that's a whole problem in a, of itself you know so yeah. any of the reels that I have reposted to TikTok have been either original audio or I've just screen recorded yeah. the reel which then you have like all the little controls at the top and bottom and like that's not aesthetically pleasing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but the one TikTok that, or one reel that I posted on TikTok that went viral, it got like 200,000 views or something ridiculous, was just about Amazon finds. Like that was it. <laughs> so it was just my audio and then I've tried to do it again and it won't work. So, but it doesn't, the people on TikTok are very, very different than the people on my Instagram. Yeah, which is <laughs> why so, I haven't posted on TikTok. 
Yeah, I just was like, you know what? This isn't worth it because I was getting, I mean, I literally on the like actual visual of the video and TikTok, I put link in Instagram description to like all the things I was sharing. Then I also put it in the description and it's also in my Instagram description. And every comment I got on that video was like, where's the link? <laughs> and I'm like, this is not the audience I want that I have to like babysit through how to consume mm-hmm. my content. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting. But th- like, that's okay, right? We don't like walk into a theme park and try to sell our business. Right. Right? right. There's a reason for right. that. The people are there for something else. They're there just to be entertained and that's fine. Yep. And it's a specific crowd of people who are there. So you sell your business, on, via advertising, right? You sell it in a marketplace. You don't sell it at an amusement park. So um, totally. And I love TikTok in general. You yeah, know, it's like fun. I'm a consumer of TikTok. Um, but yeah, it's just it just didn't work well for me on the business side. Yeah, and of course that's not to say you can't use TikTok for business because you totally can. You just have to like really play the game. I think in a way that I don't really want to have to bend over backwards when there are marketplaces that I can sell my work in. You know, and it just is easy and more straightforward. I agree. And I've seen a ton of business owners do really well on TikTok. Yeah. And even with content that hasn't done well for me, they've done really well with. And so I think it really is just a matter of like, like you say, playing the game. You've got to play the game. And if you don't ever play the game, you can't win the game. And so I think a lot of times people will think, well, I posted an Instagram reel and it didn't do well, or I posted a TikTok and it didn't do well, or I posted on YouTube and it didn't do well. Well, you're not actually playing. You're just kind of throwing things at the platform at that point, you know, to actually win at the platform, you have to play, you know? So I think it comes down to that too. Like, I just don't care about TikTok. So I've never taken the time to like put into it. Whereas if I did, I bet I would grow, you know? I agree. Yeah. And I also think that sometimes people don't recognize the difference between playing the game and experimenting versus throwing a lot of random stuff at the wall and hoping something sticks. Experimenting like we have a plan and we're going to consistently do something for a certain period of time and then measure versus Mm -hmm. just like do a different thing every day and hope something works. Right. 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 And I mean, that's like you and I both talking about these like experiments we did on Instagram. There was like a reason Mm -hmm. (laughs) there was, you know, we were hoping for a a certain result. We were trying to test certain things. And so like with my reels experiment, I tested multiple different stream like types of content, like are educational videos on reels better are the ones where I do voiceovers better. Are they this? Are they that? captions. I tested hashtags. So I feel like, yeah, like so many people go into it just saying, I'm just going to like throw things out there when they don't really have a strategy going into it or coming out of it. So something may have worked, but you have no clue what it was, you know, (laughs) and that's, that's a problem. And in order to like get real data or draw a real conclusion from it, you do kind of have to approach it in like a scientific experiment way, like kind of start with a hypothesis Mm -hmm. and then outline your method and then execute, you know, and then analyze. Right. And it doesn't have to be complicated. I feel like I'm making this sound like it's complicated or hard. It's not. You just need to start with a simple plan, really. For sure. And I'm not the type of person who's going to be like, I'm going to put it all in a spreadsheet and track every view. And so don't think that like it has to be complicated at all. I literally just knew, okay, I... I want to know for me personally, do informational reels work better? Do reels where I'm doing a voiceover work better? Does dancing work better? Like do hashtags work better? Do no, like 
these were the questions that I had, right? So it was like, I just want to answer these questions. And so here's what I think will happen. So I started from there and then kind of worked my way down. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a really valuable example for people to see, you know, if they're thinking about, like, they're not quite sure what works on a platform. How do Mm -hmm. I test this? You know, we need to give ourselves like a sandbox to play in, and then we can experiment a lot inside of that sandbox. For sure. I completely agree. The episode you're currently listening to was originally offered as a live stream inside Startup Society, our training program for digital entrepreneurs. Each week in the program, Gillian teaches a live workshop for startup members, including a teaching segment, like what you're listening to right now, a tutorial segment that demonstrates how to take action on the lesson, and an open Q&A period where Gillian and guest experts work directly with each member. Members also get access to Startup Society's library of business training courses, monthly co-working sessions, and other events, and our private community forum. If you're looking for affordable business training, mentorship, and accountability, then visit startupsociety.com forward slash podcast to learn more about the program and apply to join. Now here's Gillian with the rest of today's episode. So going back to your Instagram strategy, we keep like veering away on these different rabbit yeah. trails. <laughs> We're going so over here. you post two to three times a week, typically mm-hmm. on your feed, you said, and how frequently are you posting reels right now? Most of them are real. So I would say, you know, of the two to three per week, maybe every other week, one of those is a post. So maybe two out of the month are a post. Most of them are reels. Interesting. Okay. And then you're doing stories almost daily. Yeah, pretty well daily. I almost always take like Saturday and Sunday real either really light or off. Mm -hmm. So I will let my stories usually expire on Sunday. And what I have found, okay, so this is really interesting. This is a fun one. So for me with stories, I have like an average number of people who watch them right throughout the week or whatever. Well, my highest numbers are on Sundays, always. But that was like the day I wasn't on stories. So it was so confusing to me because I would post like a random thing. It was just like a picture and I would get, you know, this many like viewers when when I was actually saying something important, <laughs> I wasn't getting yeah. that many. So what I've started doing is letting my stories expire. And then on Sunday, so I let them expire like either Saturday night or Sunday morning. And then on Sunday, my post that I know is going to get a lot of traction or my, not my post, my story is some type of engagement story. So then I'm putting in like a poll, a question box, a slider, Mm -hmm. something that's gonna cause them to also engage. So then I'm getting actual real numbers in these things I wanna know about, like what questions do you have? Are you this or this? Because I feel like I'm getting way more story views on those days than I am on other days. So I kind of like, that one's very, very strategic for me. And it's something that I've kind of just stumbled up on. <laughs> like I realized that Sundays, everybody's watching stories. Yeah. So I, I'd strategically go about that in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've like noticed that this is happening. So that's what you're doing about it. You're like not doing very much, but you're being really strategic about that. Like one or couple posts that you are posting on Sundays. I love that. Totally. And I can think of a few different reasons why people might watch your stories more on Sundays, why you might see that. And I'm sure you've thought of all these things, but like one is, yeah, people are lazing around on Sundays. So maybe Mm -hmm. they are just on stories more. Right. Um, And then another thing is both with your posts expiring on Saturday, like some of them might still be there on Sunday, right? Like posts you did on Saturday might still be there on Sunday. Or if you do one or two posts on Sunday, there's going to be a really small number of 
posts or whatever you call these like story segments um and so i know that like from my personal usage on stories if someone has a lot of story segments i might watch the first couple but i won't watch all of them i'll watch a couple and then i move on to the next person Mm -hmm. and sometimes i'll even only watch the first one and then i'm like there's way too many of these things you know pass but if someone only has two or three i will often watch all of them to see if they're the same or if they're different and i don't like feel that overcommitment fear you know like what am i getting myself into this is way too long don't got time for this yeah no i completely agree and actually so last week um so we track our like story views and all of that stuff yeah and last week was my kids spring break. So I was just naturally less active on stories because I was in like mom mode, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And I of course did stories and I even went on a rant, I think on Instagram at some point last week, but I had way less stories than I would normally have in a week. And our story views went up by an average of like 140. Yeah. (laughs) About an average of about 140 views per story. And so it's like, you know, obviously there's something to that. And I, I completely agree. I'm the same way as a user, you know, but then as a creator, sometimes I get carried away. <laughs> so I'm just like, whatever. Yeah, it's you fine. just have less to say. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I kind of experience the same thing where I'm either like not on stories or I only post a couple times or else I'm like on stories all day and it ends up yeah. 27 posts. <laughs> right, right. Totally. You feel me. Um, okay. So your, your content, how do you plan this content? Are you planning it once a month? Are you just doing on the fly? How do you plan out this Instagram content? So for Instagram stories is mostly on the fly and I say on the fly, but obviously I have little strategies built in there, right? Like on Sundays or if I know I'm going to be promoting this thing or whatever. Um, but as far as posts and reels, I am generally like constantly actively looking for reels that I want to do. So Mm -hmm. looking for inspiration from other people or other things that I see that I want to either replicate or do something similar to. And so I spend, you know, a few minutes every day. I'm probably spending, I don't know, 10 minutes a day looking through reels and seeing if I can find any that I want to do. And so every single day I'm saving at least one, probably some days I don't find any. Um, And I'm not going to sit, I set a timer because if not, I sit there and like, (laughs) Right. That's my biggest problem with TikTok and all those platforms is that it's just like, well, there's my day gone. Right. Exactly. And if if you think of it, too, in the terms of work. Right. So it's like, well, I'm on here to get ideas. Then I'm just going to keep scrolling. So I set myself a timer because it'll be fine, you know. And I'll find one or two a day, usually that I save. And I'm like, oh, I could totally replicate this or do something similar or use this sound or whatever. And then what I will do is when I'm like hair and makeup ready. So like today I filmed a reel this morning. So um, like when I'm hair and makeup ready, I do a bunch of reels. So then I am planned out for usually a week to two weeks ahead of time, depending on how many reels I get within the week. But for the most part, that's what I do. I plan at least a week ahead of time, sometimes two weeks ahead of time. And I know the vision for the reel. I usually will just film it and then leave it in drafts until I'm ready to like get ready to post it. Because a lot of times with Instagram reels, if you can edit them all day long and you go back and your edits are gone. So 
Yeah. So especially like cover photos, um, the text that's on the screen, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll go back and it's just gone. So a lot of times I'll just leave them in a draft as like the video itself. And then I will go back in either the day I'm going to post it or a few days before and judge it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Save but, multiple drafts? Mm-hmm, yep. You can save a but now. Fun fact, um, learned it the hard way. If you sign out of Instagram or update your app on your phone, they will be gone. Interesting. Which is a horrible, horrible flaw. I mean, like, what in the world? And also just how. Like, that seems like a very strange uh, design feature. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, like, if someone else has access to your account or whatever, Mm -hmm. you can't, like, they can't see your drafts. They're, like, not there for them. Interesting. So it's really, it's really interesting because we were managing some social media accounts here locally and we had a girl who was doing all these like drafts of reels so that we could post them and then we couldn't see them. So it like wasn't helping anything, but yeah, so I will save them as drafts. And then, um, I usually know exactly what the concept is based on what I know what's what, what works best for me. Right. For me, educational reels just don't do as well. Like me sitting down and talking to the camera and giving four tips, they do okay, but they don't do as well as like, my my most viral reel is one where I'm saying, stop, what the heck are you talking about? That's it. (laughs) So it's like, you know, like it's like those are the ones that do the best for me if I can also then position it in a way where it makes sense for the people I'm trying to attract. Mm -hmm. So like for the stop, what the heck are you talking about? The text across that was like when people tell you, you can't build a business from home or something like that, you Mm know? Um, so it's, it's a matter of like, I know what works best for me. And so I kind of know what the text across the screen is going to be. I know what the caption is going to be. And Sometimes I write the captions on the fly. It kind of just depends on the week and like how far ahead I've gotten. And sometimes I'll write them like ahead of time. Like I know I need these three captions or whatever. Mm -hmm. I usually don't batch too far ahead of time um, because I want to pick up on trends, you know, where I can. So if some like audio is taking off, I want to be able to like switch and pick up on that trend. Yeah, that makes sense. And then for people who do want to post more on the feed, um, Mm -hmm. do you have any strategy there with how you'd plan out your feed post? Was it like certain days per week that it's like on these days I post on Instagram or you just post it when you felt like it or Mm -hmm. in in relation to like a video that you posted or something like that? Yeah. So with Instagram, the really interesting thing that, and it doesn't apply to reels, which is why it's interesting. So whatever, because Instagram's weird sometimes. Um, but with feed posts, you kind of, it's kind of like on YouTube where if you release a YouTube video and then you release another one, that second one's going to kind of overtake the first one in the pattern of growth. And so you don't want to do that preferably. Um, it's the same thing with Instagram. So generally you kind of want to give each post its own like 48 hours to get its get the most traction it can possibly get so for me it's just looking at the analytics on my Instagram and saying okay well more people are active on Monday Wednesday and Friday or more people are active on Tuesday Thursday Saturday and also most people are active on these times during those days and that's kind of when I post but I don't post so much that they're competing against each other. Mm -hmm. So I will always spread it out by at least 48 hours. And that way, you know, three times a week is might be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. 
Sure, that makes sense. And how do you decide what topics and how often do you decide what topics? Is this like a monthly batching planning process or weekly or just each time you're posting, then you come up with the idea then? Yeah, so I'm usually like knowing kind of for the month what I want to talk about, particularly with what like videos are going live, with what you know, Mm -hmm. what I have going on, whatever. And so for the month, I generally have an idea of like, I need to talk about this thing, or I want to talk about this thing. And it's kind of like the same way I get um, ideas for my podcast is when somebody asks me a question, it goes in a note on my phone, because then it's like, that would be a great Instagram post, or that would be a great podcast. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of keep a running list and go from that to like what I've got going on for the week or the month, or what I feel like I need to talk about based on what I have to promote and I go from there. Um, I usually am not winging that. I usually have a little bit of a plan, um, but like I say, sometimes I might know the topic of a post, but I sit down and I write the caption right before it goes live or whatever. Um, Like I say, sometimes I write it ahead of time. It just kind of depends on when I'm feeling like inspired about that topic. Because if I force myself to write, I can force myself to film videos all day long. I can. Mm -hmm. I can be like, I have to film this video today. But if Mm -hmm. I force myself to write, it's like I don't it just comes out all willy-nilly, you know? So I kind of have to gauge when I feel like, like I'm in my best spot to do that, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I can force myself to write or force myself to film videos, but I feel like when my heart isn't really in it, then it comes across Mm -hmm. on camera or it comes across even in my writing. So I am the same with you on that, even though I would really like to be able to be even more organized about it and just like on Tuesdays I write, you know, or something like that. It doesn't tend to work out for me. Um, So it sounds like basically you have a plan about what your Instagram post should be about, which would be like your Mm -hmm. recent YouTube videos or promotions that are coming up things like that but then you're just writing the posts when it's time to write them or when you feel inspired yeah usually usually like I say sometimes I do it ahead of time um, and I'm like you so I actually have found that early in the mornings like the time Mm -hmm. block that I have before my kids wake up and before my brain's really awake yeah I actually can kind of force myself to write during that time yeah like for whatever reason yeah isn't that weird like you wouldn't think you could because your brain is not there yet yes for some reason I can and so I I will usually put stuff like that on those like weird like early morning, I'm not really totally awake. I can't do much anything else. So I'm going to write and I generally come up with some pretty good things. So it really just depends on the week. It really does. But I'm like you, I I hope to be ahead a little bit, but sometimes that doesn't work, you know, Mm -hmm. but at least the post itself does. Like I know, so I alternate on my grid. So I have like photo of me, graphic, photo of me, graphic, So I know kind of what's coming next. And I also know the topic. And if I know those two things ahead of time, I'm okay with writing the caption on the fly. Sure, sure. Do you notice a big difference between the performance of the graphics and your photos? No, not at all. Um, And well, that's not true. Actually, I do. When it's just a standard post, a picture of me always does better um, for me. Mm -hmm. But on Reels, on reels, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter what I what I do on a reel. Whatever cover photo is there is totally fine. <laughs> so, so that's uh, that's another reason I kind of like doing all these reels. Is one, they're a massive growth strategy. They work well. But two, they like I don't have to think as hard about like oh this isn't going to do as well or this one is or whatever. Um, and if it's something kind of 
controversial or something that I, I want people to like share, a graphic always does better. But for the most part, like every day, day-to-day basis, like this is just my Instagram post, it's always a picture of me. It's very strange. Um, but also the, like the nuanced parts of like what works and what doesn't work, you know? What do you mean by that? So I think it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. So for me, I know that like the nuances are there that like when it's this topic, graphics mm-hmm. works better. Sure. When it's these other topics, pictures of me work better. But like for you or for this person over here, it may be completely flopped around. So it's so weird how like some things do better, some things do worse, but like Oh, an asterisk. If it's this thing, then this other thing does better, even though that's not what normally does better. It's so weird. I don't know. I know what you mean. And it makes it a little frustrating because you can't just be like, this always works, you know? And so Mm -hmm. you feel like you're relying more on your intuition about, I just know that won't work. Or I know that that they'll love that, you know? And I don't think it is actually just intuition. It's more like all those nuances of what exactly works that we've internalized, which kind of goes back to something I was going to say, which is my theory on why I can write in the mornings um, is Mm -hmm. that I, like, I still have, obviously, my brain. I still have all my creative potential. Right. Because I'm not thinking as well, I don't get in my way as much. So my thinking brain isn't as turned on and I'm not like second guessing myself and editing as I go and, you know, having creative blocks and things like that. It just kind of flows because my subconscious brain is working fine, but my conscious brain not that well. Yeah, no, that's such a good theory. Yeah, it's so funny because I the first time I put something on my to do list like that was going to be for that early morning like time frame that was writing I was like there's no world but I'm gonna try it and and sure enough I like busted through writing this newsletter or whatever it was yeah and I was like oh my gosh that was like so easy whereas like you say by the time I did it in the afternoon I was probably in some kind of like other head fog that I couldn't do Mm -hmm. but yeah I mean we we definitely like internalize strategies that are hard to externalize right for sure I know I just posted the other day a graphic that yes, it would, it was better because like my graphics, my feed needed a graphic, you Mm -hmm. know, but also it was a post about how, like it was something a little controversial. It was, you know, talking about something that was going on online. And I knew that yes, I needed a graphic because of the way my feed was set up, but I knew that a graphic would do better because people will share that more Mm -hmm. as their own feelings than sharing my face. That makes sense. Yeah. So I think it's time that we have to wrap this up. But thank you so much for everything that you have shared and just for you know being so open with sharing the behind the scenes of all your social strategies. I think that you know that's really valuable to people, for people to see how another business owner is running their social media because we see what's on the outside, but so much more is happening on the inside and behind the scenes. Um, and you never get to see that part. So thank you so much for being so open. Um, before we wrap this up, can you tell people where they can go to find you online? Yes. So as always, you can find me on Instagram, just at Jessica Stansberry. It's just my name. Or you can find me on YouTube. Same thing. Just my name. Um, So pretty much if you search for Jessica Stansberry, you will find me, but I hang out most on Instagram. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include those links in the show notes below the podcast episode. Thank you again so much. Yes. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, that is everything for today. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. 
If you found this episode helpful and you would like to participate live in future recording sessions, then be sure to visit startupsociety.com slash podcast to learn more about all the benefits of membership and apply to join. And finally, it would be a big help if you left Work Less, Earn More a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only will this help us reach more people, but it's also going to give you the chance to potentially win a 12-month membership to Startup Society. All you need to do to enter is post your review on Apple Podcasts, then email a screenshot to contact at gillianperkins.com. Thanks again so much for listening. Now let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins, and until next week, stay focused and take action.